Welcome to Sports Beat KC, the Kansas City Stars Daily Sports Podcast. It's Monday, November 1st, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Kansas City has a new team nickname. The Kansas City Current is the new name of the NWSL team that finished up its first season on Saturday night. In fact, the Current was revealed at halftime of the game, and the team wore the new crest in the second half. So, what do you think? Star soccer reporter Sean Goodwin and I discuss the new identity on today's show. After a break, we switched the topic to Sporting Kansas City coming off a Sunday loss at Minnesota. What does that mean for Sporting's chances of landing the Western Conference top seed? We talk about that. And of course, we had to chat about the amazing stretch of Johnny Russell. The guy's been on a tear lately, and we'll tell you how that continued on Sunday. So, Let's get going talking soccer with Sean Goodwin. Hello, Sean. How are you doing today? I'm great, Blair. It's, uh, it's been a big weekend, lots of news, lots of games. So I've been looking forward to this chat. So much news that the last time we chatted, which was late last week, that the we were toying around with the idea. We You had an inkling that uh, KCNWSL was going to make a major announcement on a stadium. We decided not to talk about it on that show. And of course, the next morning, uh, the news broke that um, that was that is going to happen, that the team then known as KCNWSL was going to have a new stadium. So there was the first piece of news to break involving the, the Kansas City women's professional soccer team, but not the latest news to break. You were there Saturday night for the big ceremony the unveiling of the new nickname for the team. Tell us how that went and, um, and just what your observations are. And then I, then I want to hear your, uh, your, your thoughts on the new, na- new name, the Kansas City Current. For sure. So, yeah, yeah, the Kansas City Current, which, as you said, Blair, was announced on Saturday. Um, before we get into it all, um, our good friend, Ali Trost, who... Our beloved friend Ali, who has not been on the podcast with us for so long, yeah. uh, she she basically did the presentation of the whole thing, and she was so good. Um, and I was chatting to her after the game; it was crazy. Um, they used like the stadium announced it, introduced her onto the field, and got the whole stadium just lost their mind. Not not because of the Casey Corrin talking off, and just it's Ali Trost, and they all lost their mind. So she does a great job. So just wanted to say back to the world. Um, yeah, no, the, the actual announcements itself, you know, it's a like show and, you know, guys video on the board and there was six, just over 6,300 fans in the stadium and they were all given uh, light up wristbands. So, you know, if you, I have a video on my Twitter and it's actually in the story online, um, where you just look around the stadium and it's just everywhere. And basically, you know, the, the ball. You can see the horseshoe of a baseball stadium. Um, just light up wristbands was great. And then, of course, getting veil the Casey Current, uh, which seems to have been very well received, uh, both in the stadium and then just... I asked a question on Twitter and probably got 50-odd responses. And I'd say 40 or 45 of those were positive. Uh, so, you know, when, when you're looking at those kind of numbers, you've, you've usually done a pretty good job. I agree. Pete Gradhoff, who does uh, the column for Pete's sake and uh, writes several stories <laughs> every week for the Kansas City Star, put a poll out there 
um, you know, just thumbs up or down on the, on the nickname and it was running 70, 34, four. So uh, you're right. Whenever a, a new name is introduced, a new nickname, uh, there's, everybody has an opinion, even if they're not connected to, or a fan of the team, everybody's going to have an opinion. And, um, uh, and this one seems to have been received very well. So what you, you have thoughts on nicknames. I, you have stronger thoughts on this than I do. And, and we're joined uh, in the Goodwin household by, um, what's it? I forgot his name, her name again. What's her name? This is Bandit right here. There we go, Bandit. Very, very nice. Yeah, I, I just had to lock Gloria downstairs. She's the loud one. He's happy to just chill. Very good. And chilling he is. So, um, so what are your thoughts on the nickname? I, it's such an American thing, isn't it? Uh, just, yeah. Teams have to have nicknames. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, we've, we've had this discussion here a couple of times and I am the boring um, Euro snob traditionalist of the FC and the United and the City and so on and so forth. Um, but, you know, they've won the Kansas City current, um, which especially, you know, you look around the NWSL itself, um, the team would have been alone in it if it just went with a United or with an FC um, so you've won the Kansas City Current, which, you know, it, it's got one of those, it, it, I mean, it has got a double meaning. I mean, I've had long discussions with Chris and Angie Long, the co-owners, um, with Amber Cox, Pam Kramer, just, you know, people within the, within the organisation who has helped create this wonderful, you know, creative team that we've now got in Kansas City. So, yeah, you've got the Current, which is... On, on its easy, basic level, you know, it's, it's the current of the Missouri River. It's what this city was built on. Um, it's, it's calm on top and fierce underneath. That's their whole, you know, kind of idea about it. And um, that's, that's the easy sell. Uh, but I think what a lot of people don't necessarily understand, and this is where I think they should really push this over the next, this off-season really, is a big part of it is, you know, it, it's a team and it's a city that's in the now, it's in the current. It's, it's a team for everyone. You know, when I was chatting to Amber and Pam, it was it's a team for her, for him, for they, for them, for the city. It's not just a small sect, and it shows where the city is going and how the team is going to be on the forefront of that. Uh, so, you know, that's the other side of it being current. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I do think now in the off-season, if the team, like the water size is easy to market. So you've got graphics, you know, it's, you, you can show that easy. It's, it's on the logo. We have the three currents. I think if they push the actual, not the actual meaning, but the, the other meaning of it being, you know, the more for everyone in the next couple of months, it will catch on um, a lot more than it is right now. Because a lot of what I've, a lot of what I've heard is a lot more praise for the new crest. And then, like I said, 70, 75% happy about the game. And there's that 25% that don't really know the true meaning. So if you don't, check it out on kansascity.com. I've got you covers. There you go. <laughs> well, um, a couple of things. The, I, I, li- I like the idea of uh, the current as present tense. And, yeah. uh, and, you know, as somebody who's worked in the newspaper world for more than 40 years, it's always a uh, being current and up to date, and I like that aspect of it. Um, at least that's how I will 
that, that that'll be a shared interpretation for me for the uh, for the team name. And you know, you mentioned the you know, the Missouri River. The, the 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 new stadium is going to be built on the Missouri River. So yeah, there's that a you know, little bit of a synergy there that you're just going to be able to walk or maybe go to the top row and look over, depending on what side you're sitting on and, and look out over the, the currents of the, of the Missouri river. So uh, good, good. Uh, listen, a, a, a well thought out name for, for this. They, they, we, the, there were some other, what, uh, who were the other, what were the other finalists for the nickname? What, what others were being considered? Yeah. So, you know, I, again, I've seen a lot of people say, oh, Fountain City KC would have been great or, you know, something along those lines. And that ties into the FC KC, of course, the old team, FC Kansas City. Um, I I never like that name again. Even That's even too much to me in my Euro snobbiness, Fountain City KC or FC. Um, just because it doesn't even include the city name. Um, if you're not from Kansas City, you don't know about the Fountains, let's be honest. If you're looking down a list of NWSL names and you see Fountain City, no one, if, if you don't know the league already, I'm sorry. People aren't going to have a clue. I'm, I'm sorry it sounds nice, but it, it's, it was never going to fly. Um, so that was scrapped fairly early. Uh, another one that was in there was, uh, until pretty late, there's a couple of you know, like top three or top five uh, they were looking at names to tie into the whole loyalty of Kansas City. You know, like the Kansas City Royals, the KC Monarchs, and you know, people have their opinions on this, but to an extent, the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, so, you know, there was names thrown around like the Majesty. Um, you know, that was, that was going, I was told there might have been more, um, but. I was told that they didn't want a name handed to them. They wanted to air it, so they kind of scrapped the majesty. Um, and then, like, there was other stuff that, you know, there was, I wasn't given specifics, but there was, like, storms and rain and crossroads, just ideas like that. But they eventually landed on the current, which I did find out uh, wasn't actually on their initial list of names. Mm. And they did a they did a couple of founding members surveys, and then at the first game of the season, did a fan survey across the whole stadium. Um, and people could suggest names, and a, a couple of people actually suggested currents, which is uh, I don't know if they you know had the whole dual meaning in, like idea, but essentially that name at least was born out of some fan out there. Um, so if you're one of those fans who put the current in a, in a survey back in whew, March, April, uh, well done. You, you've became a part of history. The other thing I like about it is I, I, I don't know off the top of my head another team that is named the current. It is um, yeah, it's unique. Yeah. absolutely unique, right, in, in, um, in American sports. So that, that's a pretty cool aspect. So, um, so this happened on Saturday night. The, the yep. team made it, uh, they had the debut or they unveiled the, the nickname. And I saw the video that you took and posted on your Twitter account. So I, it's how I saw it. Um, wish the team had played better uh, in, in the, in the home finale. But as we have mentioned uh, weekly that this, this team did turn a corner this, uh, this season 
and uh, and they were uh, and they finished strong, you know, with with, with their streak of, of home games. Yeah, and and that, that came to an end on Saturday, as did the season. Yeah, came to an end a seven game unbeaten home streak. You know, I I trusted to Hugh and uh, Kiki Pickett, and especially Hugh. You know, he was like, "That's the best team they faced all year." Uh, you know, obviously the Green go on to finish second in the league behind Portland, and they're obviously gearing up for the playoffs and apparently peaking at the right time. Uh, and they, they were really good. I mean, the Rain. For what we've seen in recent weeks from Kansas City, like I said, seven game unbeaten streak at home, you know, you picked up a couple of ties on the road. Like they were playing good soccer and taking shots from all angles, all distances. The rain, they just shut down Kansas City midfield, in all honesty. Uh, Kansas City had six shots all game, but only one of those was on targets. And they just, they, they causing get, Kansas City causing get sustained possession or, you know, sustained flow is just completely disrupted by the rain. So, yeah, it, it's a tough way to end the season. Um, luckily, Kansas City had the whole celebration of the new game and whatnot, which I wrote a half a story. And sometimes my stories cross slightly into column with a little bit of newsworthiness to it. And I, I wrote on Friday, like, yeah, it was a big because of just went into Saturday's game like alright six week in August season great we finished last place it wasn't great we're just going to close the book and go on to next season but he said no we're going to make this a celebration we're going to you know we've announced a new training facility on the river trunks a new stadium on the river trunks and you know before we move on to sporting and all that you know, soccer stuff I just want to say at the end of the day you hear expansion teams um, they give themselves a year or two you know, originally Kansas City and DeLong's idea was, you know, to have a year and a bit to create a team. Obviously, everything happened with Utah and there was a team ready to go. Um, but, you know, Angel City, um, look over at the MLS side, you've got St. Louis and um, uh, Charlotte recently, you know, they've taken a couple of years to get things ready. In the middle of a pandemic, Kansas City's like, nah, well, we're going to announce a team, win it in December and get ready to play in April. Yeah, that's virtually unheard of, right? Um, so, you know, that's an achievement within itself. They got the team ready to go in that short of span. They've announced everything. So, I guess getting back to my original point before I keep rambling on. Yeah, they, they make Saturday a celebration of everything they've achieved in year one. And despite the results, it was a really good time for the fans. It was a... Uh, it was a fun night, so good on them. Yeah, for sure. Um, I enjoyed reading your game story where uh, the the team came out in the current uniforms in the second half. Yes. Right? And so, as a there was a sports writer who's uh, covering the game, you know, you've got to re- you got to figure out a way to refer to the team, which changed its name <laughs> during the game. You did a you did a good job with that, and basically just called it KC. Um, yeah, I went with KC for the first half. As soon as they came out, it's good corings. I had to switch to good corings. <laughs> right. That was a fun one to deal with. Absolutely. All right. Hey, hey, Sean, let's take a break. And when we come back, let's talk about sporting Kansas City. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners. Unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important please visit kansascity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. We're back with Sean Goodwin talking soccer. And Sporting Kansas City had an interesting several days. Uh, let's go in, in um, reverse order here. Uh, Sunday's game, they go to, Sporting goes to Minnesota. They get the early lead. Yep. Really, really nice set piece uh, goal. Wasn't it nice? Um, it, it ended up with, on the um, you know on the foot of Kyrie Shelton, who knocked it home on a play that started as a corner kick. But um, you know, just you could tell it's a play that they had worked on for you know that 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 that, that play was practiced. Yes, straight from the training grounds. Um... Even before the corner, it looked like uh, messing here for Minnesota. You know, he could have let the ball roll out for a goal kick. He could have just cleared it away. And I also know where here comes Gaddy Kinder. Um, improbably wings the ball on the byline, wings a corner out of it. And then, yeah, Kinder takes the corner, plays a quick one-two short corner with uh, Cam Duke. And cross to the back post, Johnny Russell heads it down to the middle. And here's Kyrie Shelton, exactly where he's supposed to be. Um, to basically smash it into the roof and get from six yards out. So wonderfully crafted corner kick routine. You know, it's you, you practice those kind of plays on the training ground a lot. But you know, the defense when you're in practice, the defense knows what's going to happen. It's not a game situation to go and do that in a game where there's so many variables and the defenders on the other team could be standing anywhere doing anything. To have something like that actually come off, um, massively impressive. Um, and, and then it all went downhill. And then it all went downhill. <laughs> yes, it did. Yes, it did. <laughs> the, the result was a two-to-one loss and a missed opportunity for sporting. Look, because playing a team, uh, I believe Peter Vermees said afterwards, and, I, and, and you knew going in, pretty desperate Minnesota team playing for the playoff live. So... Uh, listen, you tip your hat to, to Minnesota. They played like that. Yeah, they did. Uh, you know, they came into the game in eighth place um, in the standings, one place outside of the playoffs. And honestly, yeah, I because um, they made this a conference finals last year, obviously, before finally losing, beat Kansas City on the way there. Um, oh, am, am I blanking now? Oh, no, yeah. Conference finals, yeah. No, you got uh, it. Um, yeah. I was thinking MLS Cup for a second, but no, no, no. Um, 
But yeah, I, I came into the season expecting the, the top four to be Sporting KC, Seattle, LAFC, which I'm a bit off, and then Minnesota. Um, you know, obviously Minnesota, they lost their first four games of the season. So they were playing catch-up for the first half of the season already. So they've done well enough to be where they are. Uh, but yeah, they're coming to it in eighth place. Uh, as things stand fifth, but plenty of teams still have to play midweek games. Um, LAFC actually plays, or LA Galaxy uh, plays tonight against Seattle, so that could drop Minnesota down. Big game for Sporting KC as well, obviously. Um, but yeah, enough chats about Minnesota and about Sporting KC and how it affects them. Yeah, even a tie was a put Sporting in good stairs because it was a being same amount of games as Seattle with one extra point. Um, as it stands, uh, Sporting Seattle are both 58 points, they both have the same amount of wins, um, which means they'll go down to goal difference. Right now, Sporting has a one better goal difference, but who knows what either team can do in these final two games. So, even a tie, yes, because they to put Sporting in better stead, but now we're in a little bit of a stickier situation, right. They got Daniel Shallowy back for uh, for for the Minnesota game, uh, but too much unfortunately. Yeah, the goal scoring magic wasn't there for for him. The point scoring magic was there for Johnny Russell, but his his streak of games, consecutive games with a goal, came to an end. It was uh, at eight, which is the I guess it matches the fourth, his fourth or fifth longest streak, fifth longest, yeah, longest in MLS history, and um. And it, and it turns out the last game in which he scored a goal, he was just simply spectacular. Um, LAF, LA Galaxy last week. And we didn't, um, we, we did not get a chance to talk about it. We, we recorded before the game. And, but I was just, you know, what, what can you say about Johnny Ross? So we, 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 we spent, seems like, you know, 60% of the season talking about Daniel Shallowy and then now, we can't stop talking about Johnny Russell. What an amazing stretch of games, and uh, to cap it, to cap that streak with the, the two goal game that he had against the LA Galaxy, um, yeah. just fantastic. Yeah, I mean, you know, if, if Johnny had been playing like this all season, he'd be writing the MVP discussion. Um, now, obviously, you know, scoring in eight straight games helps, but end of the day. A guy that has 14 goals and eight assists. Um, that's only two behind Daniel Shallowy for goals and the same amount of assists. Um, it's just got Daniel's spread got over the season, while Johnny's has come in a very quick flurry of you know a eight to ten game span. You know, I mean, again, even this Minnesota game this past weekend, he got an assist. Uh, so you know, it, it's a it's a captain stepping up for his team, right? And um, the first 10-12 games of the season, I've chatted about this with him. He was coming back from an injury. He suffered right at the start of the season. And didn't get a goal for 10 to 12 games. And everyone was like, Where's where's good Johnny Russell magic gone? And he understood it himself. He wasn't happy with it. And he's uh he's made up for some lost time. Um he's passed the second half of the season, really. Um but yeah, you know, if he'd been playing like this all season, who knows what kinds of numbers he could be putting up right now. So for sporting fans, it's great heading into the playoffs. And then you cross your fingers, guy continues next year too. Right. So he was MLS player of the week for uh for last week. And the other 
the other uh, item we should mention, the first goal that he had against the LA Galaxy was his first right-footed goal of the year, which I, I had to, I, I did a double take when I when I saw it. I, I, I was stunned. I said I didn't know he had that kind of power with the right leg. It's obviously, you know, he wouldn't be where he is without it. But yeah. um, but that was I, I think that caught everybody a little bit off guard to see him boot it with the right leg. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, the uh, goalkeeping wasn't great. You know, you usually shouldn't be beating a post like that. Sure. Um, but yeah, now I mean, still a great, great goal. Uh, I'm I'm trying to pull up now on transfer market as I type how many right-footed goals he's has in his career. Um, there we go. In his career, he has had, if he'll tell me, um, not many. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. 14, 15, 16, 17. He's had 17 right footed goals in his career. As, uh, and, and how many total? Uh, out of how many total? Oh, out of how many total? Um, Over 100, right? More than 100. Oh, yeah. Um, let's see. 50. Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's too early to be doing math, but over 100, I can tell you that. A little bit over 100. Um, and those, yeah, those, yeah. Include, those would include tap ins or, you know, you know just, you know, yeah. just. Just stuff near the goal. I mean, that's a right foot could be just happen to be the ball on your right foot at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. No, he has, um, in his career, or even in, just with sports and KC, uh, since he arrived in what, 2018, mm-hmm. um, he's had four right footed goals. Yes, his first this season, he had one in the MLS's back against Real Salt Lake and two in 2018. And that's it. And the fellow scored a lot of goals for Sporting KC. So when only four of them were with his right foot and he plays on the right wing. Right. You know, he's he, he's got Scottish iron Robin, where you know, for years Robin he cutting on his left. You know what he's gonna do? He's gonna cut in on his left foot and shoot for that um right top right corner. You knew he'd do it and he'd still do it. And that's like Johnny Russell. You know he's gonna get inside the box and usually cutting onto his left foot. Um well, he, he gave one on his right this time round, and it paid off. Yeah, it was it was terrific. Um, all right, tell us what Sporting's got coming up this week, Sean. Yeah, so big game against Austin FC on Wednesday at 8 p.m. Um, that is the one where you know we're talking about goal difference. Uh, Austin has Austin's caused Sporting a little bit of trouble in their games earlier this season. To be fair, but at the end of the day, it's a team who took the bottom of the standings. They have been all year. Um, a win for Austin can take him off the bottom so that might be a little bit of motivation for them go take over Houston uh, in-state rivals but you know we're chatting about goal difference if you're the, the top team in the West or maybe second at that point and you're playing last place you got off a couple of goals right um, so so that should be a goal for Sporting not just win but get a good couple of goals so you've got a goal differential cushion and then we head to decision day on Sunday um, at home against Real Salt Lake. So at least Sporting's home. Uh, but Salt Lake, you could be looking at another Minnesota situation. You know, obviously things can change between now and then. But as things stand, they're in eighth place in the standings, but just four points behind Portland, who are in fourth. Um, and just one point ahead of LAFC in ninth. So it's a, it's a really exciting end to the. Um, Western Conference regular season 
And at the end of the day, I think it's if you win on decision day, you're probably in. If you lose on decision day, you're probably out unless you're fortunate. Uh, it's that close. So, relatively rivalry game. You know, it's kind of been managed in recent years, probably since Benny Field Harbour uh, left the team. <laughs> right. Him, right. Him and Beckerman. Um, but yeah, no, huge game. So that's on Sunday at five, and that will be the end of the regular season. Right. We'll know the playoff um, bracket by the end of Sunday, and then we will talk about it with Sean Goodwin next week. Sean, great catching up. You too, Blair. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. Tip of the cap to Sean Goodwin for stopping by and talking soccer. Links to his stories can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, let's talk about the morning sports edition. If you're not seeing it, you're really missing out. On KansasCity.com, go to the Star Z edition. Of course, that's the replica of the printed newspaper on your screen that comes with your digital subscription. Well, now there's an updated sports section produced separately that goes along with it. When you open the E-Edition, there's a box in the upper right-hand corner that says All Editions. Click on that and you can access about 15 to 25, some days as many as 50 to 60 pages of sports. You also can get it through your email. I do, and it's there by about 6 a.m. every morning. However you see it, you know what I'm talking about. It's complete coverage of the previous day's sports news features, statistics, everything. It's fantastic. Hey, listen, thanks for reading The Star and listening to our podcast lineup. You're helping support the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City, and we couldn't produce programs like Sportsbeat KC without you. We'll be back on Tuesday with another episode. We'll be breaking down the Chiefs' Monday night football game against the New York Giants. Hope you'll tune in then.